Hear that? Believe it or not, summer is just around the corner. Luckily, Armorall, America's most trusted auto appearance brand, has what your car needs to get that perfect summer shine. Plus, now through May 31st, we'll give you $5 for every $20 you spend on Armorall products. That means car wash pods, protectant, tire shine, you name it. Find out how to get your $5 rebate at Armorall.com. Armorall, less work, more clean. Terms apply. With the Lucky Land slots, you can get lucky just about anywhere. This is your captain speaking. Uh, we've got clear runway and the weather's fine, but we're just going to circle up here a while and uh, get lucky. No, no, nothing like that. It's just these cash prizes add up quick. So I suggest you sit back, keep your tray table upright, and start getting lucky. Play for free at LuckyLandsLots.com. Are you feeling lucky? No purchase necessary. Void where prohibited by law. 18 plus terms and conditions apply. See website for details. Okay, round two. Name something that's not boring. A laundry? Ooh, a book club. Computer solitaire, huh? Ah, oh, sorry. We were looking for Chumba Casino. That's right. ChumbaCasino.com has over 100 casino style games. Join today and play for free for your chance to redeem some serious prizes. ChumbaCasino.com. No purchases, prohibited by law. 18 plus terms and conditions apply. See website for details. Find more great shows or join the team at sport social.co.uk. Hello and welcome to another episode of Hot Lap. I, as ever, am your humble host, Lee Stevens. Um, before we start doing any sort of talks about Formula One, I'm going to try and sell you stuff. If you want to support this podcast, please go to Patreon, where you can find my Patreon, because this covers everything now, as in must audio stuff and um, essentially anything I, do, I make. So on Patreon, you can find Lee Stevens' content creator, and uh, that will help you do this and anything else it is that fucking comes across my little brain, like the YouTube channel, which is doing reasonably well, apart from if any of you have gone on the YouTube channel, um, Ramstein fans appear to hate us. Uh, just for one video, there's one video with just over 2,000 views, and they're angry. They're angry we spoke over that so- uh, that song. I mean, if you watch a reaction video, you're going to expect people to react to it, aren't you? You'd think. But anyway, that's interesting. So you can go to Mussy Audio's YouTube channel to see what we're doing on YouTube. Obviously, the Mussy Audio podcast is there with stuff going out here and there, not quite as regular as it used to be. You can go on to any of the links that are on my social medias, um, at a total shunt on Instagram, TikTok, and Twitter. Uh, all of those have all the links to the stuff I do in the bio, and it has a merch section for Hot Lap. Yes. And the merch stuff for Hot Lap looks ace because Susie designed me a great logo, didn't she? Let's all be fucking honest. That little Formula One saying, the car saying the Hot Lap is a fucking hot, hot fucking logo. So, yeah, 
Uh, you go and do that. So you can go and, like I say, support me on Patreon or follow me on social media or um, buy something, whatever you want to do, or just share the podcast. I keep saying that. You've no idea. In fact, do it now before you listen to the podcast. Just take your phone out of your pocket, look at the little arrow thing, hit share, pick whichever social media you go on and share this episode. And that is... That's as good as subbing to the patron to a certain extent. I prefer if you sub to the patron, but if you don't want to, that will also help me because what it might do is it might help me find kinder people that do want to sub. There you go. Anyway, what I thought might be quite fun because there's a couple of bits of news. Obviously, Fernando Alonso said that um, it's harder in Formula One because it's so Brit-centric and... Uh, it painted like him as the villain and it's painted Max Verstappen as the villain. I don't disagree with any of that. I'm not going to go too much into it, but um, I'm still confused at the way Fernando Alonso was treated by some fans. Um, you know, it's you, you would think that he single-handedly destroyed Formula One teams the way some people talk where realistically he, I mean, don't get me wrong, Crashgate was a fucking odd one. Um, but we, if you look at McLaren, I think, especially if you read the mechanic, um, he was in a team there that was very much Lewis Hamilton orientated. And I can completely understand why Lewis Hamilton was Ross Braun. No, Ron Dennis's little baby, wasn't he? And he wanted him to do well. Not only that, looked like he might win the world championship in his rookie season. Imagine that if that had ever happened. So, you know, it's, I mean, at one point, Fernando Alonso, to ensure the um, loyalty of his mechanics. Now, bearing in mind, if you, if you think that your mechanics might be up to something and you've got to get in a car and go hundreds of miles an hour uh, you know, and, and trust where that car is, but he had to stop personally paying his mechanics bonuses because he wanted to keep them on side that shows you how toxic mclaren had got and i don't think that's 100 percent fernando alonso and i think it's a big bit to do with ron dennis anyway that's that over and done with um mclaren have bought a 75 percent stake in arrow McLaren, sp mclaren is it or arrow mclaren sp i can't remember which way you put your you put it round, but the McLaren IndyCar team essentially. I didn't realise that McLaren didn't have a controlling stake in that team. Actually, um, I don't really know what it means. I don't know. I don't know what it's going to do. Formula One. I don't watch a lot of IndyCar. I, I do think it means you're going to get more crossover. We already know because of Patrick Award's win uh, this year. We know Patrick Award is going to get a drive with or not a driver, he's going to get a test with McLaren at the end of the year, at the young driver's test. That's interesting, especially when you consider how Daniel Ricciardo is doing at the minute. Um, that's, yeah, that, that I mean, I don't think they're necessarily going to replace uh, Daniel Ricciardo with Patrick Award. I don't think that's what, you know, I, I don't believe that's what the... Um, I, I don't believe that's what what would be even thought of but if you do happen to have somebody that's uh, that's going to be you know that's not doing so well, but you you and you want to try somebody else out, you know it's it's not a bad uh, 
it's not a bad situation to be in, is it, if you're that person? So, I'm sorry, I was stuttering over my words then. That was fucking ridiculous. I was trying to read something at the same time. I'm no good. I can't multitask. I shouldn't try it. What I was trying to say was, if you're Patrick O'Ward and their second driver is struggling and you've got a test with McLaren, it could be a worse situations. Yeah, got me. Anyway, what I thought would be quite good fun to do would be to go through the top 10 on Formula 1's official power rankings and see how we thought about it. Um, we'll start at the back, I think, and move forwards, and we'll have a little chat around it and see where where we think they've got it right and where we think they've got it wrong. Uh, number 10 is Sebastian Vettel. Um, he's got 6.7 points. How would they work that out? He's a new entry. Uh, obviously, they're, they're taking that of the fact that he got his uh, podium, and um, he, even if he's lost it, he's not like lost it through any like illness of his own. So I, I think I think it's fair. I think Sebastian seems to be starting to build himself back together, doesn't he? I don't know if we've if we're seeing Red Bull Seb yet, but we're definitely not seeing Ferrari Seb and that's nice. Uh, Esteban Ocon has got himself into ninth. Um just behind Fernando Alonso his teammate who is in eighth. I agree with Fernando being there. I'm not convinced I wouldn't have put Fernando a little bit higher up because he's been really good over the last few races. Um, I, I expect to see him climb whatever, however they work this chart out over the course of the season, if that Alpine is uh, in any situation to, to do good stuff with. Uh, seventh is George Russell. Uh, I would have had George Russell higher on this list. I probably would have popped him up in fifth, because he's been doing a really good job. He's been doing a really good job for Williams, what he, what he can do. You know, uh, Nicholas Latifi scored points. He scored his first points as well for Williams. Um, there's lots of muttering and rumours about him going to uh, McLaren and Mercedes next year. I think we will hear about this over the summer break, if not going into the um, into the first race. Uh, I'm, I'm still not convinced... It's not beyond the realms of possibility for them to switch drivers mid-season. We'll just it. It all comes down to one thing, doesn't it? Is Bottas, especially if Bottas is told that he's getting sacked, essentially, and he's going to have to go to like Williams or Alfa Romeo if he wants to stay in Formula One, will that destroy him too much to the point where Mercedes? ends up losing a driver's or a constructor's championship because his head has gone off the boil. If that was the situation, would a super keen, ready-to-compete George Russell not be a better option than Valtteri Bottas? I don't know. It's something to chew over. Uh, Fifth is Pierre Gasly. I think Pierre Gasly well deserves to be in the top 10. And I think he'll be back in a Red Bull next year. Uh, joint fifth with Carlos Sainz. Carlos Sainz, I think you could have, like, uh, Carlos Sainz is fifth, and joint third is Charles Leclerc. I think you could switch those two Ferrari drivers around either way you want, and um, you, you'd probably be all right because Carlos has, although not been on top of Charles Leclerc all the time, I think he's been unlucky a couple of times when he's looked on top of Charles. Uh, that and the fact that, you know, he's come into Ferrari. Well, you know it's a hostile environment, and he looks every bit the Ferrari driver. So I, I do struggle to. Uh, I mean, I know lots of people think I think very highly of Charles Leclerc and Carlos Sainz for that matter, but Charles Leclerc especially. Um, I do 
struggle to think if top teams like let's say McLaren, um, Mercedes, and Red Bull, if they've got sort of equal machinery, let's say this new, these new rules really do tighten it up. I I don't believe that um, Charles Leclerc or Carlos Sainz are, are better than the number one drivers of those teams. And especially if you stick George Russell in a Mercedes, I think George Russell is better than Charles Leclerc and Carlos Sainz. So I I just don't see, especially when you look at the way Lando Norris has driven this year, I don't see if they're in competition with, say, Lewis, Lando, Max, uh, because we don't really know what's going to go on with George Russell. I, I, if, if if it was a straight fight for a championship, I don't see either of those two drivers beating one of those other three. So that's that's where I kind of get confused with Ferrari. I really do believe that they've got two number two drivers. I know that annoys Ferrari fans, and I'm terribly sorry about it. And I might be wrong. You know, I, I've been long wrong so many times about Formula One. And maybe like Charles get a car and he'll just be a rocket and he'll teach everybody lessons about Formula One they didn't even know they needed to learn. But I can't see it. And I I can't I, even if you take Lando out like my, my my fucking Lando coloured spectacles. If you want to argue with me that either of those drivers are better than Max Verstappen, I will have that argument and I will say nothing. I will just let you speak for half an hour and you will prove yourself wrong eventually. So, yeah, that's that's what I think's odd about Ferrari. I think they could have done with they could have done with one of those guys and tempting Lewis Hamilton away from Mercedes or uh, snatching. I don't know who would you take. Fernando Alonso. No, um, I, I don't know. I don't. I don't know who who Ferrari would have took as a number one driver, but they do appear to have two guys. I don't think will win world championships like when they had Gerhard Berger and Jean Alesi. That's a good comparison, I think. I think Charles Leclerc and Carlos Sainz are a very good Berger and Alesi. Uh, third, equal third with Charles Leclerc, Lewis Hamilton. Um, feels feels about right i mean i think the 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 top three guys here are operating on such a high level i think it's very difficult to to pick between them um lando norris is second and max verstappen is third even without my norris glasses on i would have had lando norris at the top of this list simply because of what he's doing in the machinery he's got there is, I, I don't think, is there a bigger gap between teammates, between himself and Daniel Ricciardo? Doesn't feel like it. It feels like he's probably got, the, on average, the bigger gap to his teammate. Um, He's ahead of, is he ahead? He's, yeah, he's third in the championship, ahead of Sergio Perez, ahead of Valtteri Bottas, which he's got absolutely no right to be doing. You know, I just think he's done a fucking phenomenal job. And that that's why I'd have had Lando at the top of this list. Obviously, Max has been given a car for the first time in his Formula 1 career capable of winning a world championship. And he is fucking going for it, isn't he? You know, it's, if you take like things that have gone on, like, gone on aside, he's a... Uh, He's definitely putting a fight up for when he's in the car. He does seem to be a bit emotional, I think, out of the car. But um, when he's in the car, he is he's doing a job, 
every weekend. Every weekend he goes there. And the same with Lewis Hamilton. They are both working at... Is it, is it the best we've ever seen Lewis? It might be. It's the best we've ever seen Max. We haven't had we haven't seen Lewis Hamilton fight for a world championship since Nico Rosberg uh, was his teammate, and it's it's great to see. You know, I know I I get a bit of stick sometimes because people don't think I don't like Lewis. It's not I don't like Lewis. It's the fact that I just don't I just don't support him. I never have done. I've never he's never been my bite. at the time he came into Formula One. Button was still my guy. And um, then Button left, and I'm not I'm not one of those people that sort of will just hop around drivers. I'm not a I'm not a driver slut, so uh, I, I just waited, I waited patiently for a new guy, and then along came Lando Norris, which are kind of uh, is sharing my heart a little bit with George. Kind of got two now, haven't I? But yeah, um, I don't think there's a lot wrong with that. Um, I feel a bit iffy for Stroll. I think Stroll has on a whole, doing a decent job um, for Ast- uh, Aston Martin. Should he have been there? Probably not. Maybe maybe if it, before Ocon's win, maybe uh, Vettel is ninth and he sneaks in at number 10. But, I mean, realistically, when you look at this, if you take the outliers, like... Um, because there's a lot of this is car dependent, so I think if you go, if you if we were to have eleven down, I think Stroll would be there. Would Nicholas Latifi be that close to George Russell? Probably not. Uh, I don't think um, what's his name, the other Toro Rosso driver. I've forgotten. Anyway, I don't think he would be as close to Pierre Gasly. Um. So the real outlier is like Lando Norris because I think if you, if if I was going to draw the rest of this chart up, I'd kind of have Daniel Ricciardo down like with the Haas guys really. You know, it's the Haas guys haven't covered them themselves with glory, but neither is Daniel Ricciardo, and I don't I don't really know what goes on with Ricciardo now. I I do I worry I worry for Ricciardo and I worry for the future of his career. Anyway. What I thought we'd do now is I shone the bat signal out and uh, said I needed talking points because it was a uh, non-race weekend-like thing. And uh, obviously, going to struggle for content to make a a podcast. Um, What I do then is make you do the work for me. So I shouted you out. You came back to me, as always. Loads of good questions. I haven't read any of them, so we're reading them together ourselves. This one is from Nate. Talking point. Should Merck swap Bottas for Russell, if only for Spa, so Bottas takes a five-place grid penalty in a Williams, giving Merck a better shot at outscoring Red Bull? That's really clever. (laughs) That's a really good idea. Um, I mean, I don't... I don't know. You know, he's... Uh, I, I I personally think that it's time. It's time for Bottas to be out of that car. And it's time for George Russell to be in it. I personally think that they have a better chance 
of winning a Constructors' Championship and for Lewis winning the Drivers' World Championship if they have George Russell in that car. And I wonder if if there's anybody in the boardroom that is having these conversations right now. Um, Bottas is under pressure. He should. I, I still stand by he shouldn't have been in the car last year after we saw what George did at Baku. Is it, was it Baku? Not Baku. I can't remember. Was it Baku? The night race on the Squoval. Anyway, um, I think when we saw what he did, where he was just out-qualified by his teammate, first time he's been out-qualified in his career, then he goes on to take him off the line and just lead the race. And if it wasn't for McLaren, but Mercedes fucking shit up, George Russell would be a Grand Prix winner right now. You know, it's you know he nearly got pole and he nearly won the race on his first go in a car capable of winning. It, it, the only thing that I would be concerned of if it was Mercedes is if he could give Lewis too much hassle too early. I don't think he would. I think he's a team player and I think he knows what would be best for him. And what would be best for him right now this year is be to be the good team guy for Lewis to win the uh, World Championship as long as he's got Toto's ear saying, look, next year, next year, right, we are we're game on. I, I get to I get to have a go at this guy. So yeah, I I I would like to see it. I'm not ruling it out, like I said before. Um, how exciting would it be? It was so exciting when he got that drive. I, I can't remember, remember being that buzzed for a Grand Prix like before. You know, it was it was really it was really exciting. Uh, David Squick Squares Squares. Wow, that has to be a nickname. Uh, how good was Se- uh, Seb in in Grill Grid? Manny uh, knew everyone. Uh, call me Cornish Dave. It's easier. <laughs> there you go. Should have read the message. Um, I didn't watch it, so I don't know. I've no idea what you're talking about. Um, I watch Formula One on um, F1 TV, so I don't watch any of the build-up-y stuff, really. I watch the, I watch the build-up on F1 TV now and again. But how awful was that? If anyone that watched watched the last race on F1 TV, how awful was the commentary at the beginning? You had the lady which does the um, uh, like the like the pundit stuff in the studio, along with the tall black dude, which I can't remember his name, um, and an F2 driver, I think it was. Oh my. God. Good Lord, it was terrible. I couldn't wait for the Sky coverage to come back. And Nico and um, Crofty did a fine job in the race. Nico was a bit funny during qualifying, wasn't he? Uh, what do you think of Red Bull inevitably ending up, to, uh, uh, inevitably needing to take grid penalties for both cars eventually due to the accidents? that have happened over the last two races. Should teams be punished like that for accidents they don't have any uh, any any part in causing? It's tough, isn't it? It's the same with engine penalties for drivers. You know, how many times have we... Well, I mean, it's the same thing. But, you know, how many times have we seen, um, like, drivers get derailed, but not because of accidents, just because of power unit failures? It's, it is what it is. The... the the penalty system is an imperfect system, especially in a budget cap as well. That That's the main thing seems to be now, is should accidents be taken into consideration in the budget cap? 
I don't think they should because it's if if you work your if you work your budget out over the year of where you think you're going to be, and you do your factor, I'm sure they'll factor in some scrapes and things like that. But you can't factor in another driver like having an accident with you and totaling your car. You know that's millions of pounds. So I think something has to be done there. As for the um, penalties, I hate penalties. Everyone hates penalties. It's but if it's one of those things that has to stay in Formula One to make Formula One financially viable for teams, because it wasn't so long ago, especially well, you know, it's it's amazing we have all the teams on the grid. I think after um, you know after the coronavirus chaos that's been caused. So you know, if if it's one of those things that help teams like Williams and has stay in Formula One, then it's what we need to do, isn't it? I mean, or we just get rid of them and we run with Lee's idea of having three three car teams, which I think someone's mentions someone mentions later on. Uh, Hammerhead, which driver would you want uh, to be your wingman if you were trying to pick up some female ch- ch- companionship and why? Um, who would I mean? I think Lando's cool. I think you could probably, you could probably play some good banter off with Lando. Um, I mean, realistically, if you're going to pick one, you would pick either Carlos Sainz or Charles Leclerc because uh, you know I'm a straight man and they are beautiful human beings. So what I'm thinking is, even if even if you went into a room full of girls, you probably wouldn't get the one you want. But there'd be some people there that Carlos and Charles couldn't handle. There would be too many, too many ladies for those beautiful men, and you might be able to pick off a couple of the stragglers. Maybe one, maybe one of them limps. You'd be able to pick that one off like some sort of shark. So yeah, probably probably Carlos Sainz. He's got lovely hair. Or Lando Norris because he'd be fun. Um, that that makes me sound like I want to date Lando. Uh. Chris DF04, three questions. Who do you think are the top runners for the second Red Bull seat? Do you think Latifi will stay at Williams? And do you think Hulkenberg will come back as some people have suggested? I think the front runner for the Red Bull seat is Charles Leclerc. Not Charles Leclerc, uh, Pierre Gasly. I think it was Pierre. Uh, uh, not Pierre, why fucking names, Lee? Names. I think it was. Um, P- I'm going to say Pierre Gasly again, aren't I? What's his name? The Mexican dude. Jesus. I don't know what's wrong with my head today. I think, well, I do. I'll, behind the curtain, um, I was up with my son all night last night because he's got a bit of a cough and a cold. So I am currently, I've, I've been up for about 29 hours, something like that. Yeah, it's it's fucking grim. Um, Perez, Sergio Perez, there you go. That's all I needed. I just needed a brain brain relaxing moment. I think it was Perez's seat to keep. Uh, I don't think he's done enough to keep it. 
he's going to have to have a really good second half of the season. But I'm, even then, I think Pierre Gasly's had such a good, strong first half, and they don't want to waste drivers anymore. Uh, they've got no one else coming th- coming through. Maybe they've got someone, so someone else that they, that they can have come through to Toro Rosso, and they could do with, with free in a seat up. I don't think they're going to burn. Um, I've forgotten his name, the Japanese guy. Why? Oh well. I don't think they're going to burn him so quickly. He'll probably get another season, no matter what. So I think Pierre to Red Bull next year to get mullered by Max Verstappen again. Not a uh, not an enviable task. Do you think Latifi will stay at Williams? I do think Latifi will stay at Williams. And you know what the funny thing is? He's been off it in the race. He's not been far away from George in qualifying, and that's when George has really shone lately. So there might still be a bit more from Latifi to give. So we'll see. I think he'll stay at Williams. Um, it's it's a shame, just quickly, it's a shame I think Tickdom has been dropped by Williams. I think he'd have been a reasonable shout to give an opportunity to. Uh, you guys know I'm a bit of a fan of, uh, of old Tickers. Uh, I, I realise why some people have a problem with them. I like that. <laughs> I'm afraid I'm a, you know, I'm a, a, a purveyor of fine piss boiling, and that lad can boil piss with the best of them. So yeah, um, it's unfortunate that we that we're not going to see those sort of hijinks within Formula One. Uh, so yeah, Latifi, I reckon I'll be at Williams next year with either Bottas or. Hulkenberg, which was your next question. Do you think Hulkenberg is going to be back on the grid? Yes, but only with Williams. I don't think there's enough of a connection for Alfa Romeo to stump for him. But if Bottas goes to Alfa Romeo, which has been heavily suggested by people, I think you'll find him in Williams. Uh, Atomic Fabrications. How much uh, different do you think Mick Schumacher's career w- would be to Michael's if Michael was still around? Um, I don't know. You know, it's uh, I don't know. If, I don't know if like lots of people know this or not. But when Mick Schumacher started racing, he raced under a different name, so he didn't. Uh, so he, so he wasn't like benefiting from his surname when he was when he started off in the junior formulas. I thought that was pretty cool. Um, I don't know. You know, it's so hard. It's so. I mean, I don't even think Michael Schumacher is as good as people think Michael Schumacher was. I think Michael Schumacher was a very good driver. Don't get me wrong, and obviously one of the best on the grid. Um, but I don't. Yeah, I, I, I don't think he was as good as like Max Verstappen. You know, it's he. Uh, he he had a. I always go back to the fact. Ferrari, notorious cheats. Um, Benetton were probably cheating. You know, even when when Senna crashed, one of the reasons Senna was so upset with Benetton was he believed they still had active suspension. I think when it was banned, or traction control, it was one of, one of those things. He was sure that uh, there was t- lines that the Benetton was taking that it shouldn't be taken. So, you know, I. I don't, I don't know whether it would be better or not. It would be, it would be better because he'd have his dad politicking for him. That's definitely a thing. You know, he would, 
he would have his dad there doing the doing the management side of it. I don't, I you know, you, you can't buy the experience Schumacher has, but he's got such big shoes to fill. And like I said, I don't even think his own dad can fill the sh- fill his own dad's shoes. If you know what I mean, I will always go back to the fact that Ferrari was having tires made for it. Those those tires that were going on that Ferrari were made for that Ferrari. And like the, I think it was the Minardi and Jordan that had them as well. They just happened to have the same tires that were made for Ferrari. Uh, that's mega. Having a tire company, especially make tires for you, is mega. I would say, but bordering on cheating or outside the spirit of Formula One. So I don't, I don't think people should ever ignore the the cards that were that were laid for Michael were very. There was a set of exceptional circumstances. A team with the money Ferrari had, uh, with the personnel Ferrari had, with with the we don't give a fuck about our number two driver. We will literally watch him burn in the fires of hell if it gets Michael a point. You know, even like you can say what you want about Lewis Hamilton Mercedes. I genuinely believe every year going into the, going in. His teammate has had the the chance to win a world championship, and just hasn't been able to because Lewis has been that much better than Bottas. Now, is that is that still Mercedes only hiring Bottas because they know he's good, but he's not good enough to challenge Lewis? Very possibly, but it's not the same as you going in and written into your contract, written into your contract. Like uh, if if we give you the call, you've got to pull over you know it's it's not ideal so i don't i don't know at the end of the day but like i say having a politic and it'd probably be quite good uh uh oh you think you think mike uh Mixima could can uh, still achieve ochronish levels of success but needs to drop the nice guy bullshit uh michael is ruthless and mick needs needs that if he wants to get anywhere yeah i think you're probably right i mean i don't that's one thing we can fucking agree on, isn't it? When it comes to uh, when it comes to Michael Schumacher, he was fucking he was he was ruthless, ruthless to the point of fucking dangerous. Sometimes uh, I tell you what, we've got questions here from Twitter, and before we go go over those, here is some messages from my sponsors, which apparently over last month I earned fifty pence from. There you go. That was... Fuck me. No one's ever going to make any money to making podcasts. It's just not going to happen unless you're Joe Rogan. It's not. No, it's just not happening. Um, you hit me up on the Twitters. Rob Anderson. Uh, more 2022 predictions. Who will get it right? Adrian Newey's recent comments uh, referring to 2022. I don't know what those were. Um, I think... Mercedes will have a decent car. I think Red Bull will still will have a good car as well. I wonder whether Red Bull are putting too much into this year's car and not focusing enough on next year. Uh, Ferrari will be an absolute wild card where they'll either be championship contenders or they'll be at the back of the grid. McLaren, I believe, will be world championship contenders next year. 
I, th- I think these rules will be enough to if it, it's going to be one of those situations where their car isn't quite going to be on the same pace. But if you've got someone like Lando doing what he's doing this year and doing an exceptional job, I think he can get genuinely in the mix for a world championship. Um, I don't think he'll win it because I, th- I don't. I think McLaren will probably be just that much far away. But just the trajectory they're on, and the trajectory he is on, and the struggle I'm struggle I'm having saying trajectory. Um, I I I think they will be a force to be reckoned with. Other wild card, Austin Martin. Who knows where they're going to be next year? Wild card number two or three now. Uh, Alpine. I I hope for Fernando Alonso that they can get closer closer to the front. I still believe it's a world championship in uh, Alonso if he can do it. I expect to see Williams in the midfield and not on the back of the grid. I think Haas will fuck it. Even though they they haven't done anything this year on developing this car and they've purely um, gone on last year's car, I remember speaking to Craig Scarborough on Three Legs, Four Wheels and he pointed out that he didn't understand the uh, let's just burn this year and concentrate on next year because you even if though it's a different like formula, they're not going to have the correlation in the wind tunnel, and that made so much sense to me, and that's why I th- I think Haas will fuck it, and I don't think it'll be called Haas the year after. If I mean it might even be bought out this year, who knows? But I think Haas's days as a team are numbered. I hope the rumours that Gunther Steiner is getting sacked because uh, of him falling out with Miss Eppen's dad. I hope that's not true because that sounds pretty fucking grim and we love Gunther Steiner. Is Danny Rick finished? I don't know. I really don't. If he doesn't sort the second half of the season out, I can't see how he can come back from it. If, if McLaren drop him, if McLaren choose to drop Daniel Ricciardo, where does he go? I mean, there'd probably be an opening at Williams. You know, it's even even if George, I think, it, I think if they decide to drop him, it might be a bit of a problem for Bottas because I think you you know what you're getting from Bottas. You would hope that you're getting Daniel Ricciardo of old, but I don't know. He's he, he enjoyed driving that Red Bull. Maybe I mean. That that's the other thing. Could he go back to Red Bull? Probably not. He hasn't really done the. Um, he hasn't really done anything noteworthy enough to go into Red Bull. I I don't know. He's hit an enigma because he was so good and he's been so good for years, and he you know he looked every bit the world champion in the waiting at one point. Now you look at him thinking, "Is this your last year in Formula One?" I said, I, "I really, I really don't know." But there's some, there's something going on. You know, there's something, there's something massive in that, in that Ricardo McLaren marriage. There's, there's just something that's not there. And how do you like? How do you do it? You can't, you can't spend your time trying to engineer a car to fix Daniel Ricardo. Because Lando's doing such a good job, so you would you would risk sacrificing essentially your lead driver. Um, even though I I should imagine Lando is fucking considerably cheaper. Uh, 
I've been to a few Grand Prix, uh, and I'm going to say I prefer to stay at home and watch on TV. Is Formula One much more demanding than Indy? Oh, that's that second one didn't feel like a comment, but yeah, no, I, I get what you mean. I, I, I get what you mean. I, uh, I, I, I much prefer watching it on television. I've been to. I've lost count. That sounds awful. Sounds like. Sounds like a subtle flex that I don't mean it to be. It's just that there was, I've been to a few different circuits, but I've been to circuits multiple times. Like I've been to maybe Silverstone five times, maybe Spa five times. So there's like 10 Grand Prix between them, like at least eight. I've definitely been four times to both of them. So yeah, there's at least eight there. A couple of Germans. Uh, both German Grand Prix, Monza. Anyway, um, yeah, I, I it, it's special though, isn't it? Going to a Grand Prix is special. So, I would always, if I can go and watch a race, I would always do it. Who I, I don't know what I'm going to do. I was supposed to go to Austria, um, just in 2019, the or 2020, the year of Rones. Um, so. I've still got tickets to Austria, I think. I think uh I think I've got tickets for like open tickets, so whenever whenever we want to rebook we can do it. Um maybe next year. I don't know, we'll have to see what the uh what what the situation is on travel and how you get places and how easy it is to be places and do will I will I risk see see I think the big problem with travel now, especially for somebody like myself who's a like a just a working class tradesman is um you go on holiday if you come back and pick something up then you've got the the worry of do you have to do, like could could you have to isolate where you're going for 10 days which means you miss the point of going and have to come back late and then you come or do you come home and then have to isolate again you know it's 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 all it's all up in the air i'm going to have to wait for fucking till till everything's sort of Easily, easy to work out before I before I work out whether I'm going to a Grand Prix next year or not. But yeah, I enjoy watching them on television. I enjoy going to the, going to the race. But I wouldn't, I wouldn't say going is better. But I, I would really like to see these new cars next year. Be nice to see if they're a bit louder as well. That was one of the things they talked about. Uh, is F1 much more demanding than Indy? I don't know. Probably, probably just because of the. Um, I think you'd have to, you have to be physically fitter, and the only reason I'd st- I'd stab that that is because you seem to be able to go into like in Formula One longer, and um, like I don't get me wrong, I love me some um, what's his name? God, I'm not doing well with the names today, am I? I love me some Juan Pablo Montoya, but you know he's he's not the most in shape of the drivers, is he? And he still throws himself in an Indy car now and again. I'll go and do the Indy Five Hundred. So uh, you know, it's not like when you when you look at Alonso and it's the the. Um, I, I wonder, do you think they're allowed TRT in Formula One? Do you think they're allowed testosterone replacement? Because like Fernando is in fucking c- tremendous physical condition for a forty-year-old man. So yeah, I find that I find that interesting. I'd love to know what they're allowed to take in Formula One. Uh, Lawnmower Man 
Michael Sch- uh, Schumacher created uh, a love for F1 in Germany, inspiring generations of drivers. Hamilton's legacy is, uh, has just arrived in Lando and George. Can we expect a jump in Danish drivers uh, due to the reputa- uh, reputation drop in German drivers? Um, maybe, yeah. I mean, I think Max would have to... Would he, would he have to win because he's got such strong support? No, you're probably right. It's probably happening right now because... They really get behind their drivers, don't they? Like the the Dutch fucking love it. So, yeah, I, I it's it, I mean it happened with um, maybe not Spanish drivers coming through, but when Fernando Alonso was winning world championship, you know, we ended up with two Spanish Grand Prix and stuff. So if the countries w- are willing to get behind, they will uh, they'll come forward. Mind you, I suppose we had Carlos, didn't we? Carlos's uh, idol was Fernando Alonso. Uh it does tend to be the way, doesn't it? Where whoever the world champion is, you find more of those drivers pushing through. Um, interestingly enough, when I interviewed George Russell, I asked him uh, if he had a if he had a Formula One idol, and he said he'd never had them. He he said he didn't uh, he didn't really grow up like idolizing a driver. He said he obviously like looked to like Button and Hamilton, but. Uh, I I, th- I think sometimes that's a bit of gamesmanship already because I mean he was just going into his F two season when I interviewed him, um, and but you could see like the confidence the confidence in George Russell is quite fucking incredible. You know, it's even even when I asked Warriors like when I uh, that I, I interviewed Lando as well like the week either the week before or the week after I can't remember, and um, Lando said when I asked him what his goals were for his first year in F2. He said that McLaren made it clear all they wanted him to do was learn. Uh, George Russell said, they put me in a good car. They expect me to win the world championship. It was, it was a completely different mindset. It was quite, it was quite, it was quite incredible. I, I would, I, I, I instantly liked Lando. He seemed like a really nice like kid essentially then. Um, but when George Russell walked in the room, it was, that I've you you know when someone turns around and says he's an impressive person or or like he's an impressive young man like that's the first time I think I've ever met like an impressive person it was he, he's a there's an, a bit of an aura about George Russell something not quite the same but the only time I've ever felt really felt an aura off anybody was when Lewis Hamilton walked in the room at the 2018 Mercedes launch at Silverstone and I always describe it as I knew Lewis Hamilton walked in the room before I saw him it was it was quite something you know it's it, it was like looking at someone going oh right you're you're there but you're you're not wait we're both human beings but we're different you're you're like you're human plus I I know where I am here in the in the in the animal like in the food chain so yeah i know it was that was very interesting uh, interesting story actually just to quickly digress from that um when i was sat with the uh, press uh, listening to valtteri bottas his interview this is how important lewis hamilton was to the people in that room because uh i got a tap on my shoulder and it was the the journalist from the bbc and he tapped me on, my sh- on the shoulder and said, I don't know if you're interested, but uh, I've just been told Lewis has taken the car for a shakedown. 
uh, around around the circuit. And literally halfway through Bottas's interview, all the media got up and walked out. It was, I, I, I mean, can you imagine starting your championship that way? It's the it's the launch and like everyone's sat there, like the world's media is there. You know, it's not just it's not just a load of British journos. There was like the world's media was there to watch uh, the Mercedes unveiling, and we left Valtteri Bottas with the one like three man Finnish press team. So yeah, that was that was quite odd, quite cruel as well. You know, it's, I, I I genuinely felt bad going out, but man, I want to watch. Uh, Watch, watch Lewis Hamilton shake that car down. Um, Rob Anderson, uh, Nico in the commentary box is class. Uh, yeah, um, I I really enjoyed him. I, I I think that's what Formula One commentary is missing at the minute. Um, is the the driver as far as Sky goes anyway? The modern driver. You know, you've got on. Channel 4, you've still got David Coulthard, which isn't a modern driver, but he's still reasonably young and reasonably involved. Um, Mark Webber, who's not, you know, it's not so long ago, he's been a Formula 1 driver. That's fine. Um, on the uh, on the Sky side of it, <sighs> Anthony Davidson's great. I think he gives you a good thing. I think Paul Darista's good, but I think they really need to pick one of those guys. Or Give Nico a big fat check. Uh, I th- I actually think I know I know some of you fucking hate him, which I don't understand. But I actually think Paul Darista is the best uh, driver one. Uh, so yeah, I th- I think we could do with either either Martin Brundle taking the Crofty role because let's not forget Martin Brundle was brought in to be the driver like commentator in the nineties. So he either needs to then take the Murray. Uh, role and then allow somebody else to be the driver role or he needs to take a step back and Crofty and another driver do it. I think I prefer probably prefer to see Martin Brundle take Crofty's job and Ocon and Ocon and uh, uh, Paul Darista do the driver thing. It's not that I dislike Crofty. Um, it's more because I I just I like having a bit of legacy in it and I like the idea that Martin Brundle's legacy is to become the next Murray Walker uh, and he can't do that if he doesn't keep doing commentary um Dean should uh should teams be made to have three cars a uh, third car uh, guaranteed a seat to an F2 driver Maybe, uh, maybe a different type of system to be uh, be promoted to F1, giving younger talent a chance to drive uh, drivers to stick, giving younger talent a chance if drivers stick around for years. <coughs> I've often thought this, and I don't know how viable it would be, but I would like to see a football style relegation system in Formula One, i.e., has to go back to F2. You would have to. I think it's possible with the way that the Formula One rules are going because we're going more into Formula One. I think was essentially going to become like a quasi spec series if it's not already that next year. Um, that would make it easier to make F two cars Formula One lights. Essentially, if that was the case, I mean, what do you do? Do you? 
do you make a uh, do you make a F two car which is close enough if um, if modified to make it into Formula One, or do you do a Delara thing where you can buy a Formula One chassis if you want to enter Formula One? I, I don't know. I, I don't know what the technical. You know, it's obviously if you look at manner or something like that they're not going to have the same sort of technical abilities as a formula one team so i i know this isn't going to work but i would love to see that relegation system in place um as far as the teams running third cars maybe people are so upset about sprint races it would appear heaven knows why i thought it was a really good idea maybe you run a third car for a sprint race um and they only get the you know the constructors points i don't that that would kind of make the sprint race feel a bit a bit second hand to me i think i think if you're going to go and watch watch a sprint race on a saturday you want to see lewis hamilton max verstappen and the rest of the boys i i, I but i know what you mean though but i suppose the other thing is sometimes there's just not enough drivers in formula 2 that actually deserve a chance you know it's out of I have like two seasons of Formula Two drivers, and we uh, don't get me wrong. In the last couple of years, especially the Lando and George year, where the, that was a stacked, stacked F two. You know, there was some real talent in there. That was probably, I think, the deepest talent pool we've ever seen in junior formula for uh, for F two. And I, I don't get me wrong. I know you've had like. Lewis Hamilton there, and you've had Nico Rosberg there, but I just mean the sheer amount of talent that was in that. You know, it's it, it was it was quite stunning that year of F two. I haven't watched a lot of F two this year. To be perfectly honest, because again, watching the uh, F two is always something I recorded. I can't record it now because I'm not watching on Sky. So that's that gun done. Meme reg. Um, Fred Vasseur says no to his. Uh, Fred Vesser says no to his BFF Toto Wolf and doesn't take Veltri to Alpha. What does Toto do with Bottas? Uh, he's still his manager. He, can, uh, he, can, he can't bin him completely. What's the soft landing? Uh, Formula E, probably. Send him to Formula E. Um, I'm not sure he is his manager, is he? I thought when he signed for Mercedes, um, Total Wolf stopped managing him. I think so. He, or maybe it was when he went to Mercedes, he sold his shares at Williams. I can't remember. There's something. But I thought when Bottas, when Bottas signed for Mercedes, I thought that was the end of Toto doing his career. But re- realistically, Toto's done so much for Valtteri Bottas. So he, he he's given the opportunity. He was in a Williams. He didn't do fucking amaze balls in the Williams, and he went to Mercedes, and he didn't do amaze balls in Mercedes, and he overstayed his welcome. Uh, I think Toto's eyes are very much on helping George Russell get through. So yeah, maybe maybe Formula E. That that seems. Seems I don't think that's what that's what you'll do. I am, um, but another team will take Valtteri Bottas. If you're if you're Alfa Romeo or Williams, um, and McLaren haven't sacked Daniel Ricciardo, uh, 
if you if you're one of those teams, Valtteri Bottas is a very good racing driver. Let's not forget this. He's not as good as Lewis Hamilton, but who on the grid is? You know, it's Max Verstappen is as good as Lewis Hamilton. We know we know that we can we can watch it week in week out. You know, I'm going to say Fernando Alonso and George Russell might be as good as him as well, but that makes you angry. But yeah, so if if you're going to take someone that's almost as good as Lewis Hamilton on in qualifying and like three tenths off him in a race most of the time, you're still getting yourself a good driver, aren't you? Um, but like I say, otherwise, I think Formula E would be a pretty soft landing for him. Uh, Benny, the stuff about McLaren becoming uh, majority owner of the IndyCar team as fairly recent McLaren convert. I'm looking forward to it. Yep, I mentioned that before. I don't really know anything about it. Uh, Cami Hutton, any, anyone in F2 and F3 you like the look of? Uh, I again, I haven't watched any of it this year. I'd have said Tickdom just because I like him, but obviously that's not going to happen. Uh, and Harrison McNulty, McNulty. Uh, Lance to Merck actually makes sense. Why? Hang on a second. I thought I read that wrong then, and I didn't read it wrong. Lance to Merck actually makes a lot of sense. Uh, Lewis gets to uh, get a driver who's decent but won't threaten him. Russell gets promoted to Austin Martin, which is a better car. Bottas gets punted down to Williams uh, or leaves the Mercedes family entirely. No. Like, I mean, you can knock Bottas all you want. Bottas is a much better driver than Lance Stroll. Much better. Um, And don't forget, it's not just about getting Lewis Hamilton a teammate, Mercedes, although Lewis Hamilton is at the absolute peak of his career, he is also in the twilight of it. Like that's, there's no getting away. Like you can't stop the clock. I, I don't believe Lewis Hamilton is the sort of driver like Fernando Alonso. I don't think Lewis will go as long as Fernando is. Um, and, and I don't just mean go as in like won't want to. I don't think he'll be, I, I don't think he'll be as good at 40 as Fernando Alonso is now. Yeah, I, I think... Uh, and that's not that's not knocking Lewis's talent. I just think drivers that can keep that level of performance up at that age are different animals. I don't think Lewis is that animal. Maybe because he's got other things outside of Formula 1. Whereas, like, if, if you cut Fernando in half, he's going to say racing driver in the middle of him. So, yeah, they have to look past it. I I can see this current contract Lewis has got. I can see that being the last contract he does with Mercedes, possibly his last in Formula One. So they have to start looking at somebody else. Lance Stroll is not that guy. George Russell is definitely that guy. And he's spent too long in a Williams now. He's spent too long just moving up the grid to, like, Three or four spots is not enough. He needs to go into a Mercedes or, you know, it's we could be looking at the next Martin Brundle. Um, what was your next question? Mercedes-Benz owns 20% of Aust- uh, Austin Martin. Oh, you, you're still talking about this. Uh, yeah, that's that's all the same same thing. I think I, think I ans- answered that all anyway. Um, yeah. Well, that was fun. Sorry, I thought there was a, I thought there was an extra question there at the end, but there wasn't. So it's quite an abrupt end. 
feels strange, doesn't it? It feels like I've just gone, yeah, well, bye, um, which is kind of what I'm going to do. So, yeah, we've got another few weeks of this, so I will shout out y'all next week to uh, send me some like comments in so we can have some more some more F1-y action. Um, other than that, as I said at the top of the show, please follow me on social media. I'm on TikTok. I'm going to do Formula One TikToks as well. That's what I was going to say. Um, whenever there's like any sort of decent breaking news or anything interesting, I'll probably do some TikToks over race weekends. Uh, yeah, so I'm going to start doing stuff like that. Um, the Mussy Audio YouTube channel, I think, is a bag of fun. I do it because I really enjoy doing it. Um, Musty Audio Podcast is out there for you as well. Um, I'm going to have two UFO-type specials coming up on that. That'll be ace. Otherwise, catch me on social media everywhere at a total shunt. Thank you very much. This show has been almost an hour. And if I keep speaking for 30 seconds, it'll be exactly an hour of talking. Exactly an hour. I need to speak for another 25 seconds. I don't know what is going to happen to Daniel Ricciardo. That's, I think that's the big take of this year. Um, whether he'll be in a car next year. Whether he can rescue his season. And then the, the, then the biggest question going on to next year would be for McLaren is, can Lando pick it up? And this is it. This is now a show. Thank you very much for listening. Bye. This podcast is part of the Sports Social Podcast Network. Network. Mom deserves the best, and there's no better place to shop for Mother's Day than Whole Foods Market. They're your destination for unbeatable savings, from premium gifts to show-stopping flowers and irresistible desserts. Start by saving 33% with Prime on all body care and candles. Then get a 15-stem bunch of tulips for just $9.99 each with Prime. Round out Mom's menu with festive rosé, irresistible berry chantilly cake, and more special treats. Come celebrate Mother's Day at Whole Foods Market.